tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Cyril Weck, Psychic Family Roots, Search for Christy, and Baby Brother Lost. And I'm your other co-host, Robert, and this is Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. And Christo, yeah. I hear there might be some rough weather heading your way. Yeah, so um, Southern California is on tur- hurricane watch. You heard that, right? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. uh, Look, we all made our deal with the devil when we uh, moved to LA, and we agreed on a couple of things. We'll put up with stupid traffic earthquakes and wildfires if we can have nice weather mostly year-round that's the the pact we've all made and agreed to and apparently uh earth has changed her mind and now hurricanes are in the mix so we i insisted that we record today because it's saturday um since very often we record on sundays though not always sometimes and i said you know i'm not even sure if i'm gonna have power tomorrow so we spent this morning and then dave spent this afternoon he had a bunch of stuff he was working on outside and just having to move anything that could be damaged or blown over anything that would couldn't stand getting very wet has had to be moved inside so um i put our umbrellas down in the down position the landing position (laughs) and (laughs) I have parked my car across the street, not my driveway, because there's a very large tree with a very dubious looking branch in my front yard. And I'm like, eh, I'm not going to risk it. So now it's parked in front of my neighbor's house that they don't have any large trees in their front yard. Um, so, yeah. So now all of L.A. is just kind of in waiting mode. Right? I mean, so far, the weather's really nice. It's just cooled down a bit. Um, I can't complain about the weather currently. It's a shame you can't stay just that way, right? So yeah, you can actually sit in that room without suffocating. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, it's eat. very humid. Yeah. It's been very humid most of the summer. I mean, for LA, I'm sure like people in the South are going to laugh at me, but like for Southern California, it's been very humid. Now it's extra humid um, because of the impending situation. Um, but it's, it's yes. not as hot. So there's a nice little breeze, a little overcast. Um, let me check on the current temperature. It's 76 degrees. Very nice. Very nice. Nice. Uh, Yeah. Humidity is, um, 55%. Not too bad. So we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll see, but we're, Mm -hmm. yeah, where there's a warning where we could be getting like, um, the desert areas of Southern Nevada and Southern California specifically are anticipated to see as much rain in the next day as they would normally see in a year. So when you mentioned the hurricane situation, uh, I looked up the... Which you were unaware of, <laughs> oh, yeah. apparently. But you live in northern Nevada, so it's pro- by the time it gets to you, it might just be a light sprinkle. That's that's what I imagine it would be. But I am still, nonetheless, in the whatever you know, the lightest shade of the little hurricane event uh-huh. thing I, on the map I brought up. Yeah. And for, first time in my life I've ever been within that, yeah. within that zone. same yeah i've never yes so this is an unprecedented weather uh southern california um weather services has never issued a tropical storm warning before ever now uh how how are you stocked up on your emergency supplies um well i went to trader joe's and i got some chips 
uh, earlier today cool. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um i approve yeah i mean i didn't really feel like we needed to stock up on too much i got some i got some fresh produce just so i could in case we can't like leave tomorrow and a lot of things are probably going to be closed in anticipation uh you know i got some things to make food with tomorrow our freezer is usually pretty full of meat and other options to pull out in mm-hmm. case of emergency mm-hmm. pantry was already stocked pets have all the food they could need um the other thing is i made sure like our flashlights had you know were working had batteries in them Good. um the other thing is i i know this is more of an issue in flood prone areas which is not where i live at all um i'm not worried about there being yeah. flooding or our water turning off but just in case i filled up like our brita pitcher and a couple of extra water bottles just in case something happens to the water supply and it gets shut off for a period of time. I No one is even talking about that, though. That's not even, like, within the realm of possibility. But I thought, well, you know, that's what they tell you um, in the South, right? When there's a hurricane warning mm-hmm. is sometimes water can be shut off for, for a number of days. Or when it comes back on, it's not safe to drink or you have to boil it first. They say before a hurricane, fill up your bathtub with clean water. Yeah. Um, we're not at that level. No one, no one is even like talking about that. We're just like, oh, the power might go out. So, um, in that, you know, yes. we have a gas stove and stuff. So I'm not like worried. I mean, I parked my car, not where I usually park it. And we put some stuff away in the yard. So that's about, that's about it here. <laughs> so tell okay. me what I did wrong. Well, it, I mean, it sounds like based off oh and i forgot to fill up with gas on my way home i meant to do that just in case but again i'm like Mm. and what situation are we evacuating that's dumb we're not doing that so right well yeah based off proportion proportionally based off what you're you're, you can be expecting which it's not even going to be a hurricane now like you said it's 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 degrading into a tropical storm which is still it does not rain in the summer here period that's not a thing that happens. So this is just if for any rain to fall in August is like extremely unusual, as I'm sure you know. It's the same thing where you live, right? That would be, you know. Right. Oh, totally. Total, like less than a tenth of an inch of rainfall expected during any time during the summer uh, where we live. So it's just it's going to be strange, but I don't think dangerous where I live. So you're saying that if Julian Sands decided to go hiking at this mm. period of time, and uh, you know, if he were still alive, this would have been an extremely hazardous uh, yeah. choice because he could like have a mudslide. Very definitely. Oh yeah, up in out. the mountains for sure. That's where they're like, "Yo, take precaution," because there could be a lot of landslides, uh, flash flooding in the deserts. Um, here, they're just kind of like it could get really windy and there's going to be a lot of rain, but that's not, you know. We'll we'll see. It's hard to believe because it's so nice out right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I have just one question. Yes. Do you have a waterproof container with matches in them? Um, I do. Yeah, I do. I unrelated to any sort what? of emergency preparedness. Um, I uh, organized our junk drawer and I found some some waterproof matches in there that I kept in the junk drawer last week but that was unrelated to any thing i was into. okay this this wasn't received from a crazy relative who who was randomly sending you uh emergency supplies gotcha no all right no well 
I think we've milked this hurricane for about as much as we're gonna get out. Yeah. Of it. Do you feel you like I'm? Talk? Do you feel like since you've been doing all this prepping, do you feel like I'm adequately prepared? I mean, ba- yeah, based off like the, uh, like you said, this this is good. This is going to be more about rain and whatnot. So, yeah. um, I well, it'll be an interesting experiment. Um, let me know how it goes. <laughs> well, and- hopefully, yeah, hopefully uh, it goes fine. We we had some uh, pretty extensive damage in our ceiling from a leak that was in our roof so my husband has been spending the better part of his summer trying to get that fixed and so we believe it to be fixed at this time um Mm -hmm. we will see this is really going to be the test of that so we will see we shall see indeed Mm -hmm. uh you want to talk about some unsolved mysteries (laughs) uh yeah i guess (laughs) Uh, season seven, episode 10. So the first segment was uh, actually, it was uh, the investigators title. Oh, was this an in- the investigators again? Yep. Okay. Uh, which, I mean, it could have been, unex- you know, well, I guess there's not really a wanted, but there's a, there's an unexplained death. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, this starts out with a little montage. We get to learn all about Dr. Cyril, Cyril Wetch, who yeah. Robert Stack tells us was is has been called both a real-life Quincy and a modern-day Sherlock Holmes. And as soon as I heard that, mm-hmm. I Im- immediately realized one of the things I'm missing in my life is seeing a picture of Jack Klugman dressed as Sherlock Holmes. Mm. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, maybe. Who's Jack Klugman? <laughs> He's the guy who played played Quincy, M.E. I uh, well, that was going to be my follow up question: Is who's Quincy? <laughs> oh, it was a um, TV show from like na- the mid nineteen seventies to the early nineteen eighties about a medical examiner who you know uh-huh. solves crimes. So uh-huh. kind of. Kind of like a is fictional it, version of Dr. Cyril Wetch. Is is it like Bones? Would that be a modern? Did you watch the show Bones? I know of Bones. It's like the what they 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 find bodies and they they solve the crimes, right? Or they, they or dig he up bodies. Writes about them. Okay, I think uh, I'm definitely confusing the show Castle with Bones. Oh, Castle's the one with Nathan Fillion, right? And Bones is the one with the guy from who played Angel and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, because I know that in Bones that feels correct. Like, yeah, everything you said feels correct. Yeah, what? Because once at the 2010 San Diego Comic Con, uh huh, I was I was talking with someone, uh huh, who knew somebody who worked on the set of Bones, uh huh. And I guess like there, there's like what two lead characters, right? One played by David Boreanaz, and uh, then a a female character of some sort. Yep. Yep. Apparently, the uh, David Boreanaz and the actress uh, who plays the the other lead on the show, a are really horrible to everyone on, who worked on the show. Uh huh. Like just total egomaniacs, mm-hmm. uh, and they also hated each other. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. So as soon as like you know, 
they were done filming a scene or whatever, they they were immediately as far away from each other as possible. Is that? Um, I heard rumors about that, like during the X Files, that Gillian Anderson, and David Duchovny, really couldn't stand each other, or she couldn't stand really. Him. I mean, she might have wow. been okay with her, but she really couldn't stand him. Was the rumor back in the day? Yeah, but I don't know how true. I don't know how true that is. I I hadn't I had not been exposed to that particular rumor, so huh. uh, this is uh, this is new to me. But I mean, how many how many TV shows are are like that in real life? A lot, right? Mm. Like it, it's like when you find out the guy who played Radar on Mash was like a total asshole. Oh man, um, yeah. Like I guess Alan Alda, he was once asked. Um, Who's the uh, who the best actor in America was? Uh-huh. And and he actually named uh, God. What was what was the name of the guy guy who played Radar? Okay. Uh, well, well, you just tell your Italy. story and I'll 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 Google it. Yeah. And well, he he, he, identi- <coughs> he identified that particular actor, the guy who played Radar, as the best actor in America. Mm-hmm. And the person interviewing him, uh, Gary Burgoff. Gary Berghoff, yes. There you go. Uh, and the uh, the interviewer asked, like, why is Barry Ber- Gary Berghoff the best actor in America? And Alan Alda said something like, he he managed to make all of America fall in love with an asshole. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well. But, um, yeah. I mean, is so, Alan Alda yeah. the asshole for saying that, though? You know, there's probably so many layers of assholeness and in Hollywood, I'm I'm sure, right? Mm. Oh yeah, right. of course. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, when I open this uh, train of thought by saying, "Is it like a modern? Is Quincy like a modern? No, would Bones be a modern day Quincy?" I didn't stop to think. Mm, I don't know much about the show Bones <laughs> <laughs> either. <laughs> okay, I. Uh, hmm. Yeah, uh, n- neither do I. I've never watched an episode of Bones. Uh, um, I've seen bits and pieces just in the context of walking from my bedroom to the kitchen and back while my roommate is watching Bones. Mm-hmm. So I know they have like a ultra modernistic looking office and mm-hmm. I assume they just that's where they lay the the human remains out to examine them. Mm-hmm. The Bones. I'm assuming a lot of the... Re- yeah, the yeah, I'm assuming yeah. a lot of the... Re- yeah, yeah, there were a lot of the remains are bones. Um and then yeah, Castle's the one where Nathan Fillion is in it, right? And it's about a so. writer who Yeah. Yeah. But does he is he like a and, murder she wrote? Is that where I'm getting confused? Where he's like writing about mur- murders or Oh, you know, I what well, <laughs> admittedly I haven't watched Castle either. <laughs> um I have watched a few episodes of Murder She Wrote. Uh-huh. So uh is there a murder she wrote podcast surely there must be oh my god of course there is there's probably like 16 of them i wonder if there's a quincy me podcast uh there's you know if there's what what are we at six or seven unsolved mysteries podcasts now last time i checked and that was a few years ago so probably more well let's see who's still uh i'm curious who's still doing it you know what i'm saying Oh yeah, yeah. Still maybe, out here. maybe we should. 
We should look up. Yeah, are we are we are we the lone survivors of the the planetary holocaust who are just beaming out a radio I, signal? You know, the last time I looked, I think the other one that we won't mention, but the other one that started right around the same time as we did, but then suddenly somehow became much more popular than ours for whatever reason. Um mm-hmm. whose name I won't mention. I think they're still going. Okay. But I know that they've they kept the pace of one a week, so I think they're much they they're much farther ahead in the show than we are. Well they they must be done with the show by now, right? Unless they they're going be. into the fur They might be going into fur into Farina, which we refuse to. I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna throw you right out of that fucking window. One of two things is gonna happen to end this podcast. One of three things is going to happen in this podcast. Hold on. I just thought of a third thing. Um, the first thing is one of us passes away in an untimely death. Oh, that'd be terrible. Let's not do that. Uh-huh. Two, we just decide we just get bored with this and don't want to do it anymore. Um, three, we hit the last of the stack episodes. Yeah. I mean that's that's a hard wall that last one because there yeah there's no way we're now there there were there were like four unsolved mysteries specials before the the series before it became a proper series mm-hmm. uh, are we excluding those as well I guess like they had like Orson Welles and Carl Malden yeah I mean I'm interested to watch them but as far as like content I think we have a pretty firm stack only commitment. Gotcha. You know. Yeah. I wonder if Robert Stack was ever on Quincy ME as a guest. I'll I'll look that up okay. after the recording. That might be a fun meta situation going on. I guess we should probably also actually talk about this this medical examiner that they, yeah, I mean, they made the if you want to. Uh you may like <laughs> if um if you had haven't seen Quincy ME, you might actually know Jack Klugman from he was in the television version of The Odd Couple with oh, okay. uh, Tony Randall. Yeah, I th- think he played the slob. And then he was juror no- number five in 12 Angry Men. Oh, if I recall my high school acting career correctly, I think I was juror number two Ooh. in 12 Angry Jurors or whatever. We had to rename it because yeah. of the ladies on the uh, jury. Yeah. W- was it? A situation where ladies just were not on juries? Or was it just a situation for that play? Well, th- that's an interesting notion. I I suppose, like, at the very least, before you, like, to serve on a jury, you have to be registered to vote, right? Right. So, okay. Probably, certainly probably not before 19, <laughs> the 19-teens. I mean, um, you know, on the one hand, I get to vote. On the other hand jury duty is always a possibility so life life's a series of trade-offs right yeah um yeah. jack davis jr though right right uh <laughs> so cyril's brought in because we have a a mysterious death this guy named jack davis jr he was a college student who was fa- his body was found at the bottom of some stairs next to one of those sort of old style college buildings. Um, and yeah, you, you know, uh, the, the older, older looking stuff, not, not the 1970s looking yeah. trash or, or the modern day things, but yeah. Uh, so, you know, Is some stairs that go down to like a 
1960s <laughs> style. So brick yes. ivy type situation. Mm-hmm. So it you know it's one of those things of steps where it goes down to like a, a basement type door, and his body was found. The conclusion was that he had asphyxiated on his own vomit, uh, like so many 1960s uh, rock musicians. Mm. But C- Doctor Cyril was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Not so fast there. First of all, uh, there, uh, there." He brought up like there was the the question about the alcohol content in his blood uh-huh. because like there there was none present right and in order for that to happen he would have had to have like needed like thirty hours before he actually died for his body to process that out so you know Jack Jack Davis's junior's family including his father Jack Davis Senior. Uh, were you know they were kind of dubious about the the, pro- the prognosis and originally, but became definitely over time were like, hey, something's wrong, and they they agreed with Doctor Ciro that Jack's body should be brought up, and Doctor Ciro, you know, he does his medical stuff. I, there's there's something about like the pulling of blood in the brain. I'm not a hard sciences guy, so I can't really comment too much on the, that. But mm. I, I did very much enjoy that. Also, another one of Doctor Cyril's reasonings for why I think thought that Jack Davis Jr. Uh, was not, you know, did not just suffocate on his own vomit, was that. He, the the process of him stumbling there, like he, he's saying that the scenario the the authorities laid out was, oh, he went tried to go down those stairs to urinate in private, mm. and Doctor Ciro is like, look, let me just be frank here. I was once a young man in college, mm-hmm. and I know that a young man in college particularly if they've been drinking, is not really going to care. They they have a certain way that they take care of a, an urgent bladder need. And What did you think about this? Not, I know you're not a drinker, but you were in college and you're a guy. So what did you think about this? Do you think this was like solid conjecture? or I, I, I think there's some merit to it. I think the what would cinch it is if we were able to examine Jack Davis's Junior's dorm room mm. or apartment or wherever he was living. And if he had like an empty milk carton that was halfway filled with urine, then I think we have uh, some some collaborating evidence. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's just going in the, the milk jug rather than going to the bathroom, <laughs> walking to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm not I'm not I, I'm just I'm just saying I, I think a significant portion of our male audience probably probably knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, so moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, doctor, Doctor Rich, uh, he he very much is putting forward the point of view that Jack Davis Jr. was murdered or mm. injured in you know in some way. There, there's speculation about there have been like some fights between fraternities on campus. Um, 
which I think is mostly just serves an example why why one should should be more concerned about like real stuff in their life when they're in college rather than uh, joining some esoteric group. But whatever. Mm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't actually have any sort of arrest or anything, right? No. Yeah. There's no Which is kind here. of the theme. <laughs> it's kind of the theme of this this episode. Yeah, it was a feud between two fraternities. I mean, th- isn't there like some wild statistic? And by wild, I mean I'm probably making this up. That isn't it a thing where like once a year, at least on one college campus in the U.S., that like rush frat rush or sorority rush kill somebody due to whatever drinking or is it only once a year (laughs) oh man i feel like it's gotta be more right yeah i mean Um, i don't know i never i never participated in any of that yeah do you remember there was one year uh back at unr Mm. Uh, our old armor mater. I don't recall. Maybe this was when I was an undergrad. I remember a fraternity got banned because was during their rush week or whatever, one of the pledges did die. Um, um, the story that I remember hearing is that he fell into like a the pond on campus that was by the old student center and he died. He drowned. Manzanita Lake. Yeah. 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 That's um, what I remember. I guess. Hearing. Well, I at the time I remember like the story that was described was like they this was sort of like a final thing like they mm-hmm. passed their initiation or whatever and the final thing is that you have to go and swim across Manzanita Lake and back. Oh, okay. And like everyone else made it and he didn't make it back and I guess no one noticed. That tracks. <laughs> That's all I got to say about Dr. Cyril <laughs> Wecht. Um, um Seems like he does some 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 good work. Yeah, I mean, he didn't do great work on this one, I guess. But <laughs> right, I mean, we don't we don't have a killer. What, no. what kind of resolution is this? And we're not even sure. We're not even entirely sure it was a murder. <laughs> when you watch a one-hour investigative program about a medical examiner, you're expecting a conclusion at the end of the episode. I am, and we didn't get one. So so. Let's let's move on to uh, something a little more ephemeral. Uh, Are you ready? Is this is a what psychic unusual phenomenon? What is the title of this segment? Let me tell you, Crystal. I was so enraged by the the topic. I didn't even note that. <laughs> enraged. I think we've noticed like there's there's been some themes and some unsolved mysteries episodes we've been watching re- recently, and yeah. Well, we had been praising them on certain production values, things, and, and so forth. I feel like certainly last season we began to notice there was a string of like just bullshitty filler paranormal stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was stuff like psychic connection with your pets. Yeah. And, you know, I, <laughs> I, because of psychic stuff, I found my missing relative, and so they just took it to the next step, which is because of psychic stuff, I found information 
geom- genealogical information on my ancestors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now there there is some there are some interesting reenactment bits to this because there's we basically get stories of three people. One is a Hank Jones who uh, they they depict as a young man. Uh, they depict him sneaking down into the basement of his house as like an eight-year-old kid, uh-huh. because he he really wanted to get into the like a trunk that was was down there. Ooh, this is a r- real theme of the episode, isn't it? Th- this episode is all about secrets, finding secrets in boxes. Secrets in boxes, it, like in this case, I. I my conjecture is that maybe in real life, Hank Jones, little eight year old Hank Jones, was hoping that there would be either swords or treasure in the in, uh-huh. in the in the case. Uh, but from the facial expressions and level of interest they the the little actors putting on and the way they they sort of shoot it. It almost seems to suggest that he was actually trying. He wanted to get access to the family secrets, which mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that that really was such a thing that it at the at that period of time, a little eight year old kid would be like, "Oh, I want to see the family secrets." Yeah, I mean, so. I'm, in my house, I was in everything. I was in everything, like every little box and corner, and except for mm-hmm. the one the one closet that I was told to never open. In the downstairs bedroom. Oh, really? Yeah, but there there was a gun in there. Oh, it was a I gun. See. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, "Ooh, I don't, I don't care for that." So. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I wanted secrets. <laughs> I wanted family secrets. I didn't want guns. Like, and and the, you you wanted like it to be open and then that's the twist revealed in the film that you're not living in the 1800s at all. And it's mm-hmm. in fact, modern day times. And yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. And if I think you're referencing the movie, the village, but correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, everyone remembers anyway. that one, right? <laughs> I do, yeah. Yeah, I, that stuck with me. That movie fucking scared the shit out of me. Um, and then we got to the end, and it was like, womp, womp. <laughs> oh. I think that's, yeah, right. I know. It's um, it's kind of, if I feel like an alternate cut, like if there was no twist or right. or more just, or just that the, that their actual modern day people was just sort of, Free, like, you know, just sort of always there in, uh, to the viewer uh-huh. rather than trying to make it some. Because I actually, I guessed exactly what was the deal was. Just oh, by looking did at you? The movie's website. Yeah. Did you yeah. guess what the deal was? I did. Oh, okay. The only question I had in my mind, because I was like, was whether, because there's two scenarios. Are the is this actually contemporary like 1800s and it's just like this community has moved there and the elders uh, make up the story about the monsters just to maintain their own like this little uh, isolated community mm-hmm. or is it like modern day uh, and that that was one when I went in and watched it that was what I was interested in like I was kind of had 
half of my eye was like looking for indications of that. Mm. And I think the thing that that got grabbed me the most was um, in in M Night's previous films, you get a little thing that you know uh, at some point where it tells you you know what the location is somewhere in Pennsylvania mm. usually, and what what the date is, and there wasn't any going on with this film. Mm. And I was like, ah, yeah, okay. And, you know, you just like, you're looking for signs to indicate like what the, uh, the, what the time. Yeah. Anyway, we, we can do a, we can do a podcast on the village. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah. So in, in this episode of Unsolved Mysteries, little Hank, little Hank Jones is, you know, he opens his, 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 his this trunk, and there's all sorts of images of his his ancestors, and he's just like, "Please," says Punch, like I'm amazed to find all this. He's he's looking through it. He's unfo- He's unrolling scrolls of of parchment. Uh, he he, and I guess this is maybe the suggestion is this is what caused Hank to subsequently become a genealogist in real, uh, in his adult years. Mm -hmm. And once we catch up with adult Hank, I think this is where we get the first kind of scoff worthy moment, which is like, he was, he was, he was looking up information on the German immigrants known as the Palatines. Yeah. Now, uh, I got confused because I thought this was Star Wars related. But then I realized that was Palpatine. It was Emperor Palpatine, not Palatine or Palatine. Right, right. Well, um, if one watches the, the the sequel trilogy, which I know you're not going to because you have a strict um, uh, the original trilogy only. I have three. seen Rogue One. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess that's because kind of, that's kind of like an outs, like. Um, and I, I also like, I wept at the end of it. By the way, it's a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, well, uh, then I guess uh, you won't mind if I reveal a spoiler of the sequel trilogy that you're never going to watch and. Yeah, no, go ahead. People at home, if you don't want to hear the, the spoilers, you've had years. Turns out, yeah, <laughs> figure it out. It turns out that Daisy Daisy Ridley's character Ray is a Palpatine, just what? like I guessed when I yeah yeah not a not yeah. a not a palin not a palantine, but a palantine. not a palantine. Yeah, so no, no we, we didn't get known German we didn't, heritage here. We didn't get a scene where in in the Star Wars sequel series where Ray goes into an attic and pulls out a box uh-huh. and opens it up. Wow! And it's a bunch of like period photographs wow. of uh, Ian McDermott. That's really weird because I don't remember there being like cameras or pictures in the Star Wars universe. It's weird that she would find that, but okay. Yeah. So yeah, so so we're not talking about Emperor Palpatine here. No, uh, but we are uh, apparently we we get the story that like Hank had some sort of like list of eight hundred and forty seven names or something, right? Hmm, oddly specific. Yeah, <laughs> and he contacted a woman uh, to like do some research on the other side of the Atlantic for him. Uh, uh-huh. uh, 
to like try try track. And she's like, well, where do I start? Where would you like me to start? And he's like, oh, I don't know. How about this guy, Johann Dietrich Schneider? Yeah. And what do you know? That's one of his ancestors. Johann Dietrich Schneider is like, if I were under duress and I had and I had to make up a fake German name for some reason, that's what I would do. I'd be like, that's uh, the name of Johann Dietrich Schneider. <laughs> yeah. It sounds extremely fake to me. <laughs> This this is not an alias for you, but rather um, it, this is like the uh, you're you're trying to pin the blame on on this this made up German, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I. OK, I I'll sort of tie the threads of the, of the, the three uh-huh. genealogists together. At the end. So we'll leave off on that one. Our next one is Dr. David Fox. And that's not F-O-X. It's uh, is F-A-U-X. It, it's not da- David Foe. Oh, did they pronounce it Foe? I don't remember. I mean, I only watched the episode like three hours ago, but I don't remember. Yeah, I... Well, I can't say that I do find this whole segment a little Foe. Yeah. But... Yeah. So get a dream about like a painting. His ancestors were in a painting or something. Yeah, his his is a lot more like in a way a lot more grandiose. Um there there's like uh he yeah, he had like psychic I mean they they're all claiming that there's like a psychic force that is guiding them towards this. And in yeah. this case it's like uh, it's it's uh, his ancestor Charles, who was a sergeant in the British Army during the 1800s. Uh, David kept having these recurring dreams uh, about about Charles and his family, and uh, then it's when he eventually like realizes that it's actually a painting that he's seen in this dream. Uh-huh. And what do you know when he travels to England in the 1980s? He's visiting Norwich Castle. He finds that exact same portrait of his ancestors Whoa. as he had seen in his dreams. I know, right? Right? Yeah. I think David Fox was just having some deja vu, maybe, when he saw the painting. He saw a picture of the painting in a book or something. Right. Or beforehand. Or, or yes, or, or it was just straight out deja vu. He just like he sort of had that like he saw the painting. He's like, oh yeah, I had a dream about this painting once. It's kind of a it's kind of similar to, I guess this would be similar to um, a few years ago. Some friends of mine uh, took dragged me to see uh, Hobbs and Shaw. That's like uh-huh. I guess part of the Fast and Furious cinematic universe. Yeah, part of the cinematic family. <laughs> nice. Right. Nice. <laughs> um yeah and like about two-thirds of the way into the film is when i first started to have senses of deja vu i was like i've mm. seen this oh i've seen this hmm. i've seen that scene i know like and i was starting to like describe things that were going to happen uh-huh right uh-huh and this i hadn't seen the film before this was we were in theaters right uh yeah 
first time ever. And I, I started like telling, like leaning over to my friend. I was saying like, Hey, th- like something, so-and-so's this thing is going to happen. And it did. And she's like, how are you doing this? I, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and I, like, I actually kind of had a, almost like an existential crisis. Uh, when we were leaving the movie theater and driving back to their place. Yeah. So the movie Hobbs and Shaw sent you into an existential crisis. Yeah. Cause I, I, wow. I was, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how I was remembering the movie when I hadn't seen it yet. Like, was I, was I, had I experienced some sort of mm. uh, prescience or mm. was, was there a, was there a psychic, you know, dream uh, maybe uh i was recalling the future from a future life or so- mm. and then and then and then we figured out what it was oh what happened well i had seen the trailer for hobson shaw uh-huh <laughs> and i was remembering that oh okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i think that this similar thing is happening with dr david fox here uh and as you say, you know, he sees this painting. And it's like, oh, you know, it's just deja vu. Um, he, he was what I noticed is he was really obsessed with emphasizing that he was certain that his ancestor had won medals. Right. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I'm glad you I, brought this up. Yeah. 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 You say because, something on that? Well, he was he was talking about like I knew he's like, I knew that my ancestor had uh, served in the campaigns and um 1800s for the British Army in India and Pakistan. And um, then he was awarded three medals for that. And um, I guess this soldier in the painting had three medals on his left right breast. I don't know, whatever. (laughs) Um, And so, but yeah, he was talking about like having his answer. I don't know if this was a point of pride for him or he was just trying to emphasize the fact that that's why this painting was a painting of his ancestors. Oh, I, I totally felt like point of pride. Like, because maybe we dial that back like a million percent. Um, not a great legacy in India and Pakistan. (laughs) (laughs) And he didn't even win the medals himself. So, yeah, I mean, maybe we like, don't brag about our ancestors being part of the Raj and the, um, yeah, you know, Uh, uh, Maybe we just don't. Anyway, I don't. I feel like that's so, the equivalent of being like, my ancestors served in the cavalry uh, under President Andrew Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking maybe don't brag about it. You can you can say it, but it's just like a you know, a yeah. yeesh moment. <laughs> How many generations back do you are you kind of ten, uh, like cognizant of a? your ancestors oh well it depends on the side of the family but um right uh yeah i mean i had ancestors that were in the calvary (laughs) i didn't i wasn't trying to 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 force you to fess up onto that uh Um, abort abort um no no it's okay it's okay as far as i know they were not involved in any quote-unquote indian removal (laughs) okay because well this is this i'll tell i'll tell a very brief story very very brief story um so this is as far back as i'm cognizant of okay on what side mm-hmm. of my family so i don't remember what regiment of the cavalry it would be my great great 
grandfather, I believe. Okay. Um, right. Yeah, it would be my great great grandfather. Uh, maybe great great great, but I'm pretty sure just two greats. He was in the cavalry and the regiment that was coming uh, as backup to Custer at oh. Little Bighorn. And, and uh, you know, I know you know the story of Custer, but Custer was a dipshit and um, basically decided as part of his Indian removal project to invade what he thought was simply a village of women and children in the American West. Uh, turns out that was not the case. Uh, and him and his regiment got all the way fucked up. Because they were completely outnumbered, and it turns out, was it, I want to say it was the Apache, but I know that's not right. Um, uh, Sue? So was it Sue? Yeah, that makes more sense with the with the story I'm about to tell. But yeah, so that's the that's the, the lore in my family, is that my great-great-grandfather was in the regiment that showed up that found the aftermath of what had happened wow. at uh, Little Bighorn, so... I'm I'm fairly yeah. reassured. But my answer is just we're not personally involved involved in Indian removal. And then, like my great great grandfather went on to help build a fort in Montana, and then Ooh. stayed there. And then um, later on, uh, when the fort was decommissioned, uh, he stayed on the land, and then his son uh, became a rancher. And then that pieces of that land have been now um, portioned off around the fort, but there's still a branch of my family that owns land near where the original fort was established in Montana. So that's as far. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but there's the the Custer story. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't have any proof of that, but that's that's just lore. That's that's the family lore. That's the family lore. How about you? How far how far back do you know about? So that's that's where I guess I'm talking about 1880s at that point, 1890s maybe. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? Well, I, yeah, 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 no, ex- exactly because I well I had a great grandfather who served in the uh, uh, in uh, the Civil War. Hmm. Um, he was in the fifty, was it the fifty third Indiana Infantry? Oh, um, yeah, he was uh, he and he was a substitute. <laughs> He's a substitute. Not a substitute teacher. But a substitute, yeah, like someone, someone got drafted and paid my ancestor $200 to take his place. And my ancestor lived, so he came out ahead on that transaction. Well, you know, well, good for him for getting that $200. Yeah. But ain't, ain't that always the way? Yeah. Ain't that always the way? The rich buying their way out of, starting wars and buying their way out of them, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so what do you think what do you think the odds are that my great great grandfather crossed paths with your great great father grandfather at some point? Wouldn't that be weird? Like they just like randomly like, oh hey, blah blah blah, some introductions and they just chatting shooting the shit for like uh ten minutes before they each got on their own, own way. And one of them's I like think- what did it be, and one of them's like, wouldn't it be weird if our great great grandchildren started a podcast together? Yeah. And the other I'm one would be sure like, <laughs> this thing that didn't exist yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And right. Uh, your great great grandfather was like, what's a podcast? <laughs> yes. It, which is exactly, which was, is exactly what I said to you when you first 
proposed. We we start this sh- the yeah, show. Well, look at look at your life and what I've done to you now. <laughs> it's fine. Just it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do I do have. Look, I'm gonna. Ref- I don't. Hopefully this. No, this is my anxiety. This has nothing to do with my husband, and I've expressed this to him, and he thinks I'm ridiculous. But I have a pretty deep-seated fear, and based on no evidence whatsoever, just based on the fact that both of our families um, uh, have been in this country a long time, mm-hmm. um, that we might be distantly related. That that's that's a phobia you have. Yeah. Yeah. And well, he thinks it's ridiculous, and it is. But I'm like, what if we're like third cousins or something? Well, I which mean, is like passes passes the test of being okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once once what? you get third cousins and out is fine, from my understanding, right? Because, like, yeah. at that point, the genetic similarity is, like, 0.00-something or whatever. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the odds are, like, I mean, what percentage of marriages today in America actually do involve, like, some level of cousin? I, and I'm not, I mean, I mean, like, the distant variety, not, you know. <clears throat> I Well... I know from watching Finding Your Roots with uh, Dr. Henry Gates that mm-hmm. Curious Sedgwick, who is married to actor Kevin Bacon, um, they have a shared ancestor. Okay. And it was like not as far back as I would have been comfortable with personally. You know, it's commonly understood that any actor or actress in Hollywood can be linked back to me, Hollywood legend. Kevin Bacon in six steps or less, but is it true? Let's test that theory. It's interesting that in this episode of Unsolved Mysteries, they didn't get into the topic of <laughs> whether any of them were married to their cousins. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, me. Yeah. There was there was one more in this uh, genealogical segment. Yeah. Right, Carol. Oh, with right. the balloon. Yeah, she was driving around Ohio. <laughs> yes. With her kid, uh huh, and they uh, they saw a hot air balloon rising up, which they I guess sure was which I guess was a noteworthy enough event in in Ohio in the yeah. early nineties in, in the eighties or the nineties. I would I would be surprised if I saw one. Okay, I guess maybe I just I'm a like I'm not particularly like there's there's a. a there's an unusual, unusual amount of, uh, highly unusual, like disproportionate amount of hot air balloon activity that seems to happen in the Northwest Nevada area. Yeah. I remember, I remember many, there was that like one time a year, there was a festival in Reno or something. Right. Right. It's Rancho yeah. San Rafael. So there would be like they, a lot. And then yeah. people were just like landing their hot air balloons in people's backyards. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And like even dr- like there have been times when I lived out in Dayton where, you know, you just go outside. It's like, oh, there's hot air balloons everywhere. Yeah. OK. Um, but I guess, yeah, I, I guess well, to me, it's unusual. So and okay. I'm going to assume it's unusual in Ohio. Did you notice in the reenactment, which they actually bothered to do a reenactment of with this hot air balloon? Like they hired someone to reenact this. I was watching it lift off. 
from the cemetery or wherever it had paused Mm -hmm. or church or whatever. I was watching it lift off and I was looking at it in the background and I was thinking, man, that basket's going to hit the tree. It was like, (laughs) and then unfortunately unsolved mysteries, like the edit is that it cuts away. So I didn't get to actually see it hit the tree, but it was definitely going to hit that tree. That that poor hot air ballooner was killed for nothing. (laughs) Well, no, not nothing. They got, they got a, they got the shot. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I guess I hadn't paid a cl- as close attention to the hot air uh, balloon as as you did, um, but I di- I did find it amusing that they they turn off the the main road because so her son could see the hot air balloon and they drive drive down mm-hmm. the side road and they stop in front of a old church and while her son's gawking at the hot air balloon she's like hmm, I'll go I'll go check out the cemetery. Uh, and what do you know? One of like one of her ancestors or something is buried yeah. there. And How about that? Yeah. Now, unsolved mysteries would have us believe that the the, the spirits of these people's ancestors are, are guiding them, uh, steering them towards 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 finding the, the, this information. Where I think it's actually more along this lines that mm-hmm. if you're looking at documents related to immigration, potentially involving your ancestor and you ask someone to look up those names, or if you're, you know, looking for information on your ancestor and you go to places where that they had been frequently fricketing or, and you, you see a painting that has your ancestor in it and you do research on it. Or if you're just the sort of person who's probably stopping at every graveyard to look for their ancestors. Uh-huh. I mean, if you just if you're just searching enough, you'll find it. Yeah, <laughs> is what it's like what I think the real mess, you know, thing is. Yeah, here. I think that, I f- that feels correct. And, it, you know, it was something like two years after this Unsolved Mysteries episode airs. I think Ancestry.com launches. Okay. Yeah. Because we're it's, we're like on the internet now. Like we're getting into the internet age at this point of Unsolved Mysteries. And uh, yeah, Ancestry.com, I remember, is like a really early website. Like that was a, that's been around for a long time. So someone was sitting in front of their IBM Aptiva, you know, mm-hmm. connecting to the internet via, via dial-up. And going on a- Ancestry.com. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay, let's... <laughs> this this <laughs> segment wow, this was such bullshit. Is... Hey, so we're running long, so let's speed run. Let's speed, speed bag this. Okay. Is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah, it's... Ah. it's the... Uh, when boxers, when they uh, that thing where they you know they hit the bag real quickly. Yeah. Tell us about Christy Cribs. Christy Crab. Okay, so this was really interesting because my ears really perked up when we said we were going to be in Mendocino, California, which I then confused with Humboldt County, California, which has, and this is by the way, this is a missing persons segment. Um. I confuse this with Humboldt, California, which we've talked about previously as having uh, 
the highest number of missing person cases in any part of California. And um, while it's not as high as missing persons cases in some parts of Alaska, but that's per capita. So in Alaska has the highest rate of missing persons. But as far as total number of cases, I believe um, California as a state and then specifically Humboldt County, which is next to Mendocino County. I got all confused because I was like, oh, shit. You know, it's like uh, not probably not related to that, though, the further we go into this segment and it's not the right county. It would have been a great connection if it was because then. uh, Yeah, then I could be like it was either drug cartels or Bigfoot. (laughs) But I don't think it was either. So here's what I'm going to, like I said, speed bag it. Um, So Christy Kreb, uh, from what I can tell, had undiagnosed um, bipolar disorder. And I don't even think we're calling it bipolar disorder anymore. Maybe we are. No, we used to call it manic depressive whatever. I think now we call it bipolar Right. I don't know. I don't have the fucking DSM right in front of me, but basically she has some undiagnosed uh, mental illness, clearly, um, because she has sort of like a uh, predilection of like fabricating boyfriends that didn't exist. (laughs) And uh, and she just she got kind of lost in her own fantasy land. And and one day um, she uh, ended up going off onto some dirt road and getting she had this little compact car and she got she got stuck in the mud and then in trying to you know here's the thing about being stuck in the mud right um don't keep spinning your wheels you'll just dig in further you put that shit in a neutral and see if you can rock and roll and push it out okay that's that she had a compact car she probably could have done that but the thing is this was wild her spinning the wheels somehow caused a fire yeah that was uh that was a new one for me i was like I was I was watching the episode and I was like, holy shit. And so she escapes the fire and this causes her to have some kind of like mental break. And so she ends up being hospitalized for six months, I think. Um, and then uh, she gets out of the hospital, yada, yada, yada. She gets a couple of jobs, whatever. She's probably working too much for her condition. Again, there's no diagnosis made. There's no saying, oh, she suffers from this, that, and the other thing. Uh, which I think, given her behavior prior to this incident with the car, it kind of sounded like she had some stuff going on. Yeah. Okay, we'll yeah. get this. A couple years go by, and then she's driving another compact car, and she's getting off her second job um, from Roundtable Pizza, which Unsolved Mysteries fails to mention. Shame on them. But I'm I didn't realize it was a roundtable. It was a roundtable pizza. It, I thought it was yes. just, you know, generic small town pizza no. place that has like, because it has like the where they shot it has like one of yeah. those metal plates uh, with a, a depiction of a German. A young German lass with some beer steins. <laughs> uh-huh. No, no, no. This was a round table pizza, and I think it's very important to mention that. Okay. So she leaves work. She goes. Uh, the last person to see her is a park ranger at the Fort Bragg State Park where Christy was parked. Um, and she was just wanted to look at the ocean. She really loved the ocean. It's the thing about her. And the state uh, the the ranger came by and just like was like hey you, there's no overnight parking here is everything okay and she was just like oh yeah I just can I look can I look at the sea for a, can I just chill dude 
I just got off work and I just want to look at the sea. Completely relatable shit, right? So the ranger, who was the last person to see her, says, you know, she was acting very normally and whatever. Um, at some point, she ends up on a, another back road. Instead of going home, she goes on this dirt road again. Same shit happens. Her little compact car gets stuck in the mud. Can you believe it? Um, they find they find some little t- torn up photographs by the car of uh, her family and stuff. Um, and at this point, like no one sees Christy. She's missing. So uh, they interview a truck driver that says he picked her up outside of Visalia, which is about 300 miles away from Mendocino, um, which is interesting that that gets mentioned about this truck driver because of because, because of the reading th- trope of truck drivers picking up amnesiacs on unsolved mysteries. <laughs> well there's yeah but there's that but then there's um oh he wasn't a truck driver actually he was an off-duty highway worker sorry well yeah the, driving the, the, a truck the, re- the reason you're thinking about that is he subsequently heard about like the story of christy when he was reading a truck driver magazine <laughs> right yeah <laughs> I guess there's maybe like a little section in the back. I guess that's where I back. got confused. Yeah, yeah. There's like probably a About little section occupation. in the back. Misconnections. Uh, you're right. a hitchhiker I gave a ride to. You seem kind of out of it. Uh, yeah. Try, try to get a hold of your family, please. <laughs> right. So he drops her off near Hanford, California, which is by the beach. And that's last. And then a week later, this truck driver, I guess his name is Mike. Not a truck driver. Just driving a truck. Um, my, now, Mike now, Case. Wait, wait a second, reading, Christo. If you're driving what? a truck. Sorry. He wasn't driving a semi truck. He was just driving a truck. Right. You're 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 correct. Sorry. Continue. Okay. Okay. Anyway, not a truck driver. Just driving a truck. Okay. So and then he's reading. He's reading for whatever reason because he's a highway worker. He's reading the Truckers magazine that has a picture of Christie as a missing persons. Which honestly is a really good place to put a missing persons ad is in the the trucking magazine. Totally, because those guys are out there. Those yeah, guys and gals are out there. They they've they, got they, their they, eyes on the road, you know. That they're they're stopping at the diners and the gas stations yeah. and yeah the, yeah yeah yeah. That's a great. That's just like a great place to put that. I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. And then so Mike says, yeah, that was definitely Christy. And then um, so Christy's mother is saying, you know. Uh, Christy's very friendly and she would be trying to connect with people and so we believe somebody out there has seen her and um, you know her, everybody wants Christy to come home I, I de- there's obvious there's very obviously some like mental illness at play here yeah though so, prior to I, any of that car stuff happening that probably didn't help anything but um, her manager at her work was saying that she was being very manic at work and i'm like well yeah she's going through these episodes of mania and then probably confusion and then you know just you know what what would have it would have been nice if there was an appropriate maybe medication and therapy for her and maybe christy might still be around i don't know and then there's no update the the aside from family secrets and boxes that's the other running theme of this uh episode yeah. no updates no updates um Shit. there there is uh some other si- there were other sightings that happened after the unsolved mysteries episode aired 
um but but nothing n- nothing to follow up on really okay so mr oh shoot <laughs> i just went, are you okay I'm sorry my yeah i'm fine my earbud just fell out and it tickled my ear a little bit oh. it's loud. okay i'm fine you know <laughs> what well, right. while that was happening to you i was also i was struggling to keep my ear uh pieces in i yeah ugh. technology am i right <laughs> you're yeah you said it. Oh, all right. Okay, here we go. Secrets and boxes. Here it is. Um, so Robert Stack, this is the last segment of the episode. Robert Stack is talking about how like mommy and daddy always had a box of secret papers. You know, you know the kind of box. And I was like, I don't actually. <laughs> it's where they I... kept all their nasty little secrets. I'm like, Robert Stack, maybe in your family, but I don't i don't if there was a box i was completely unaware of it like who's is there a situation where i mean maybe there is hey guys write us a letter because i don't know was there a situation in everybody else's family where they're like "Mm, this is our little box don't open it ever but you should know that we have a little box but don't look at the don't look in the box well i mean yeah aside from these two segments and the village i i I don't really recall ever encountering that in my life uh, as a thing. Maybe, maybe it no. was gen- maybe it was generational, right? Uh, maybe, like, because there we had back in 80, 80 years ago, we had different attitudes about uh, children born out of wedlock, about um, uh, you know stuff like that. You know, a lot of our segments on unsolved mysteries have involved kids uh, being just sort of shuffled around and, and because they're embar- so something of an embarrassment. And yeah. Maybe as our norms and values have changed, we as a society, um, like the things that we would feel tempted to hide into a family shame box only to be opened after our death mm. are, are fewer and not as, you know as prolific as as they were then yeah maybe so this brings us to um walter thomas jr um his father walter thomas senior uh, had died in 1993, and so you know, as one does after a loved one passes away, you have to go through their stuff. And um, they found uh, Walter Senior's nasty little box of secrets and mm. opened it up, and there was a birth certificate in there um, for a Philip John Thomas, and no one in the Thomas family had known about this sibling, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So they were like, well let's try and find our sibling you know and so the story goes like this their mother adele had um uh, probably from a lifetime of uh having to be pregnant all the time probably against her wishes had some random mental lapses and often (laughs) wandered away from home i'm just speculating based on where the story is going um and so uh you know adele was like not a very reliable person to keep the kids with so walter senior 
uh, had uh, some set of grandparents look after the kids while while he went off to work during the day. Um, and then at some point in 1947, 48 or something. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Yeah, 1947, um, Adele was committed to the hospital, and at this time it was found out she was pregnant with their fifth child, Philip. And then um, in 1948, Philip was born, and Walter really felt like he had no choice to give him up for adoption, which I understand, right? Like, oh, these yeah, were yeah. The times. Uh, he felt, you know, he already had four kids that he couldn't really take care of, and um, so he gave gave philip up for adoption um there was uh i was unsure what the deal was with phyllis monroe uh she was, was this part of an update or something i'm really confused no okay so what happens is yeah that they're doing before the this makes act, it unsolved yeah. yes before this ends up on unsolved mysteries it's on a local tv station and so this woman phyllis monroe says that she was in a foster home with um philip thomas as a child is that correct yes uh yes we'll say it is we'll say it is um and they were they spent several several years together so phyllis was actually very close with philip and then at some point philip got adopted out and that was that so phyllis would also like to now find philip along with his biological family yeah yeah and then yeah. Um, in 1990, we get a white text. We actually get an update for this one. And uh, the white text update is basically that Philip Thomas had um, passed away in 1989 at the age of 41. So, uh, too late. But I, there, there, there were some interesting things with the uh, with the reenactments, like when mm -hmm. when the little brother was being taken from the foster home. And, you know, the actress playing uh, Phyllis, you know, she's just sitting on the steps pouting. Uh -huh. And, like, you don't see the face of the guy because it's shot down at kid level. But some some yeah. soulless, like, you know, bureaucrat person is dragging <laughs> dragging Philip, who, who, who stops to try to, like, interact with Phyllis, but is then dragged away. It's like, mm. God how how cold right yeah and the way that he speeds off though like there is no way he had enough time between picking that kid up and putting him in the car to like safely put the kid in the car he just like threw him in the back and then peeled out and left it was so quick no totally yeah 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 uh and i mean you know this is just this segment's just part of our running theme about stuff involving uh how perilous it was to try to like keep your kids and back in the thirties yeah. and forties. Though, oh, yeah. though what was interesting was the mother was actually able to stop two of these suited guys from taking her kids by just like, yeah, you know, she's out there in the front yard with her broom and she's like, you're going to have to go through me. And no, but that was the grandmother. Oh, that the was the grandmother. grandmother. Oh, right. that wasn't the mother. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, but exactly. Like she, the grandmother, like, I don't know. I guess maybe it's just uh, it, these guys being these soulless bureaucrats. If it gets to the point where it's like, uh, eh, this is going to be more trouble than it's worth. It's just like shrug of the shoulders. Um, and I'm what I'm amazed at is at no point did like Georgia Tan get 
get wind of this situation and swoop ah. down to, to carry away the I think kids. This was, I think this was post Georgia Tan era. So this is in 1948. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I think this is a couple, about a 15 years after her prime, prime Cause, time. Cause, cause I imagine she'd probably be looking through the papers, like to see who's been committed or whatever. It's like, Hmm, I wonder if they had kids. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that your Georgia Tan impression? <laughs> it is. Uh, at least what I uh, uh, I picture her as being like. <laughs> I'm I, I'm so pl- I'm so pleased to like. I can tell now I'm bringing you to tears. Your laughter is. Yeah, I'm crying. <laughs> that really tickled me. <laughs> this oh, is- just, you know, Georgia Tan just comes up a lot on our podcast, too. <laughs> I mean, she does. She's like a she's like a third character. She's a third host. <laughs> right. <Redacted>. <laughs> She's been with oh us not not from the beginning, but, but for a long time during this yeah. show. Yeah. Uh. Well. well uh on on that note, if people uh people want to tell us about their little <laughs> The family box of nasty secrets. How could they get a hold of us? Send an email with a lengthy description of what was the contents and what was like opening it to mm. reenactedpod at gmail.com and then go over to Patreon and using the gold coins you found in that box, uh, mm-hmm. put, put yourself on the $1 tier to sustain the podcast. Um, $5 tier. I will get stuff sent out soon. Uh, I had to spend most of my uh, cash, available cash this week on buying a new car. So mm-hmm. it's coming. <laughs> um, great. And uh, I'm just reminded now that we got a really I, a lengthy letter from one of our, one of our Purple listeners. Worm. I gotta, yeah. I got a reply to, I learned a lot um, and I, I've been, I've been drafting in my mind a uh, thoughtful response. But yeah, um, you, 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 you it, he would, I'm sure, appreciate quality of response over quantity or swiftness. Yes, I mean, I, I hope I, so. I'm hoping, I'm hoping I'll get back to him before we uh, release this episode. I probably will. Now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, when I, I'm, when we're shut in from the hurricane tomorrow, I will <laughs> sit down and. Yeah, oh, he's he's getting a he's getting a hurricane email. Nice. He yeah, I'm gonna put it in my calendar to do tomorrow. Okay. All right. Wow. Well, they thank All you for right. for everyone's patience. Uh, yes. On this episode uh, and- Robbie, do you wanna do you wanna do the damn thing? Join us next Friday for another edition of Unsolved Mysteries. Help solve the mystery.